Actually, I uh, read a percentage today. Did some number crunching. That said, 80% of women fuck the same 20% of guys on this earth. It's kind of a sigh of relief. Um, it's nice to know that rape and pedophilia kind of close the margins a little bit. Welcome to episode 29 of the Off and Be podcast. I'm your host, Clint. And for anyone that's watching the video, as you can tell, I'm standing up, trying something new, seeing how standing up works. You know, sometimes sitting in a broken chair on a very low-level table, flimsy table, isn't exactly great for your, you know, sciatica, you know. But hey, you know what? We'll see. We'll see how this goes. Mari's starting to move around a lot, fucking up the focus, but please, focus. Um, in honor of Tim Pool, I'm wearing a, a beanie today, because I kind of want to talk about, as you may guess it, Tim Pool. Now, let me give some preference. I guess recently he was on the Fresh and Fit podcast, one of the biggest podcasts, growing podcasts on the internet. It's very, uh, it's a very interesting podcast, you know? It kind of, for anyone who doesn't know, it basically goes in about the dynamics of women. They have a shitload of women on at a time. They always have like one men guest. And they just basically talk about the realities of dating in today's world, understanding women, you know? The modern woman more than anything. And Western, type of Western way of thinking and shit like that. So, you know, when when you tune into these podcasts, you're expecting to hear from probably the Kevin Samuels of the Manosphere. You're going to be listening to men who you would expect when you look at them like, yeah, this guy, he's probably been around the block. He probably, um, he probably at least has experience in this thing. He probably at least looks like a guy who doesn't text a girl emojis for a whole text. Crying, crying, crying face. 100. That's a whole text from some dudes these days. But whatever. We call that game. Sadly. But, so, when a young man would tune into these things, they're probably trying to gauge some advice. So, recently I came across my YouTube uh, recommended, and it's a clip of Tim Pool. Um, in case y'all know who Tim Pool is, he is basically a internet personality, um, journalist is probably more the proper term. He typically is very well knowledge on politics, on uh, political way of thinking, censorship, and he's very knowledgeable in this field, you know. When I look at Tim Pool, um, as I mentioned, he's typically the guy, you may not know who he is off the bat, but just remember the guy who has a beanie, because there's really only, there's not many men who have such confidence speaking with a beanie on. I guess I'm number two. But, so recently he was on the Fresh and Fit podcast, and I'm going to be honest, I did not click on the video. I saw the headline, and it said... Why Tinder is making virgins, which as a Tinder user, let me tell you, well, not recently, but once upon a time, I've dabbled into the Tinder love and heart button, swipe right, swipe left, doesn't matter to me, 
whatever is your preferred location of release or just click the button I've never been a swiper but more just press green press red but whatever um, but I could basically tell what the video is about before actually even clicking on it because it's a it's a middle-aged 35 year old white dude who wears a beanie all the time literally you have to really actually search and dig for videos of him without a beanie and it's not something he's been doing for a year or two. It's literally what he's known for. Um, something I was taught growing up. When I was younger, in my young teens, I was a beanie abuser in improper times. I would wear it indoors. I would wear it outdoors. When it was 98 degrees out, running outside, I would wear a beanie. You know what I was always told when I wore a beanie when it's 90 degrees outside or where I would wear a beanie going inside? I'll be told you look like a fucking idiot. And the reality is no one's going to take you serious if you wear a beanie. Um, there's a reason why the president of the United States, when he goes up to do a speech on why they're attacking Syria... He's wearing a beanie. Or even a hat for that matter. You don't see, you never saw Obama going up there with a Chicago Cubs hat. He's like, well, in case you're wondering why we attacked Syria. Or why we haven't brought the troops back. As he's wearing the Chicago Cubs finishing fourth place in the NL Central again. No, there's reasons. Because if you were going to speak a message... A very important one. Or at least one that you're trying to have someone take you serious. A man with a beanie on? Eh, not really. I'm just not. Don't hate the player. Hate the fact of the matter is, it just is what it is. Because when you wear a beanie at improper times, unless you live in Minnesota, Canada, North Dakota and you're outside shoveling snow, or you're outside doing electrical under, underlining electricity when it's negative 8 degrees out, there's no need for you to wear a beanie. We just wear a regular hat. And it sounds like I'm picking on people that wear beanies, but there's a time and place. And it also can't be something you wear 100% of the time in the public eye. Because if you were going to sit here and project why you get no pussy onto why everyone else may or may not get pussy, it's probably a you problem. Hey, step one. Hey, Tim, if you were struggling in the dating world, like 99% of people are in general, um, it may not always be other things other than... Maybe there's things about you that are not desirable to a lot of the ladies. Hey, it is what it is. But when I'm looking, if I was a young man and I was looking for, hmm, why am I struggling in the dating scene? You would not be in my top 25 for who I would go to to figure that out. And I'm not even trying to, like, 
you know, make assumptions. But Tim, no pun intended, I'm going to assume you probably haven't been in a pool with a group of lovely ladies in a long time. Probably not since you were nine-year-olds at your grandmother's above-ground pool when uh, during the summertime when she would have all the family over before her passing. And you would have 40-year-old cousins, 50-year-old uncles, and 60-year-old grandmothers. It's probably the last time you've been in a pool with ladies. And if you go into a pool with a beanie on, I have a lot of questions for you. It's okay to go in the pool with your shirt on. I don't care how insecure about you are about your head of hair. If you're so insecure about your receding headline or losing hair, hey, just shave it. Joe Rogan did it. You can do it too. Or accept it. Go out into the world and own it. No one's going to care about your appearance more than you. But that's not the point I'm trying to get here. What I'm trying to say is, when I think about getting pussy, I don't think about, man, what would Tim Pool think about this? Hmm. It's the modern times of why, quote unquote, I don't get pussy, right? Let me tell you, because it seems like a lot of other dudes ain't struggling getting it. I would make an argument. It's easier than ever before. It takes very lack of social skills. You can still get pussy. Have no game. You can still get pussy. Have no personality. We know they get pussy. Because you know why? It's not an app's fault for why you don't get pussy. It's not always the opposite sex fault for why you don't get pussy. And more importantly, it's not people's fault for not thinking you're attractive. You're a 35-year-old man that wears a beanie. I want you to say that out loud. When you hear the word beanie, does it sound like something that's not childish? No. You know what sounds more manly? Fine. Let's just say more masculine. Let's just say at least something an adult would say. Oh, I'm wearing my winter hat. You know what? That sounds a little bit more grown. That sounds something in your early 20s. When you say a beanie, it sounds like some a nine-year-old would wear. And you have the little spinner thing on top. That's what I think of when I hear beanie. I think of beanie babies. One like you collect. They're like toys. They're collectibles. They're eventually used to just saturate the market. And then you scalp it and sell a beanie baby for $20,000 just because it looks like a leopard. One that looks like Tigger. And then you name it like uh, Ralph. I never understood how the beanie, beanie baby names work. They just put random fucking names on things that look nothing like they would look like. Why the fuck is this rainbow colored beanie baby named Dart? Makes no fucking sense. Hey, progressive. But you know what? Fine. I really think I don't even have to watch the video. Because I go just by hearing Tim Pool a few times. And let me clarify. Tim Pool is very good at what he does. He's a very good speaker. I remember on the Joe Rogan podcast when they had Jack Dorsey and the other lady I'm not even going to pretend to be able to announce, but you can look up her name. 
And um, he basically was confronting them about their censorship. And he really went in on them. Very knowledgeable. Because the dude is very knowledgeable in that. But you don't ask Neil deGrasse Tyson to tell you about the dynamics of anything other than cosmic space. If you want to ask him about Jeff Bezos' recent launch into space, you know what? It's a valid question to ask an astrophysicist. If you want to ask him about how come there's a, a comet that's going to destroy us in the next 70 years, and why can't we stop it? He'll, he's probably the perfect person to ask. It's a ball of fucking mass. You would need a fucking someone to block that shit in space like Rudy Gobert. But you know what? It's very unrealistic. But when I think of Tim Pool, I don't think like, man, I know this dude is drowning in a pool of pussy. I'm going to go out on a limb say he's not. He's probably jumping into a pool that's uh, been drained out for five years, hasn't been used. Probably has leaves, maybe a couple garden snakes. And, uh, you know, probably a filter that has like a couple frogs in it. It's probably more the realistic view on how much pussy temple probably is. Now, look, again, this isn't supposed to be assuming, characterizing, but when it's basically Tim Pool probably going to talk for an hour for why he gets no girls. It's a prime example of why the messenger of something can fuck up the message, even if what he is saying is true. Because is he probably true in the sense that modern dating in general is basically a lose-lose situation for everyone involved? But specifically, he's probably talking about men. Yeah. Doesn't seem like uh, the way of thinking is really realistic or it's really actually good for anyone involved. It seems like it's just destined for two people to resent the opposite sex based off actions that we consider seeing on the internet as goals when they're not really goals. It's like, yeah, look, um, people getting back together after the fifth time finding someone cheating, not exactly what I would call a couple goals. But you know what? We could always hide behind marriage as work and get out when it's pretty obvious why you shouldn't work it out. But then you involve kids and you justify why working it out is actually best for the kids when probably you just need to relieve some stress by going to the gym and working out. But you know what? We always will work out all these problems that are not really solvable. But won't just look at the problem at hand and realize... It is what it is. And the reality is, everything Tim Pool could be saying in that video is 100% true. Again, I haven't watched it for a specific reason, because I really don't care to hear about why a 35-year-old dude who's insecure to even show his head in public, who um, I believe I even saw an interview one time for why he... It was actually fairly recently. It was before even the video popped up on the Fresh and Fit podcast. But he did some interview with some uh, lady on his own show, basically saying why he why he has a hard time finding a partner. And it wasn't even really him being open and actually saying, you know, just 
you know, I, I don't know, you know, have I not adjusted, have this, are my values out of whack, are my, am I really a dude that could demand these things out of a woman, um, and yeah, probably a five foot nine white dude with uh, thinning hair at best, and probably 160 pounds, um, probably not a dude who's physically intimidating, probably not a dude who has a lot of confidence with his chest up, it's probably not a dude that many women are going to be like swooning over, probably not, but in this interview, he was going more along the lines of, it's the modern market, the dating market, they don't, they don't respect a guy like me, but they'll fuck these piece of shit nobodies. And then he started referencing, you know, I make a great living. I live in a million dollar house and this and that and the other. And you know what? All you did was make yourself look worse. You're a millionaire that can't get pussy. You know how hard that is? You know how hard it is to be a millionaire and get nothing? You can accidentally get it to fall on you. The fact that you are a millionaire and you struggle getting pussy has nothing to do with the modern market. Has nothing to do with regardless of your beliefs of why dating is hard these days or why women quote unquote suck and all that stuff. That has nothing to do with that. That is... You have all these resources and access of the same market that you would complain about how women don't value the things that matter. But then you bring up things that you believe that that woman would typically abide by in today's world. And you have everything that you would say doesn't matter for why someone should be with someone. And then you try to use it to your advantage and justify why you don't get any. Well, if every other millionaire is getting pussy and you're not... Maybe it's the fact that something about you, my friend. And again, I must stress that I did not watch the video. But sometimes you don't have to. You can see the fucking title. You see the person who's going to speak on an issue. And the messenger will fuck up the message because he is not someone that you would respect seeing saying the message. That's why the messenger of something is very important. Example earlier today, I was hanging out with my friend, not going to say his name. I don't know if he's comfortable with me using his name, but we were sitting there, we were chatting about bullshit, you know, Drake, J. Cole, Kanye. He really gave me a lesson about Kanye. I really have to actually go back and listen because maybe I've been wrong. Anyways, but um, he gave me this, uh, this girl said a joke to him about how he looked like a dead sea turtle because he had a straw in his mouth. And I'm not going to lie, I chuckled at it. Did he really look like a dead sea turtle? No, it was very bland, not a very great joke, not even a great observation. I got what she was saying, but he doesn't look like a fucking sea turtle. But you know what, she made a plastic straw reference and a big dude, whatever. Cool. He looked at her and said, he's just like, what? He's like, wow, you're blah, 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 and you're not funny. I'm not going to say what he said because you'd have to be there to understand the context of why he said bad, blah, blah, blah. But 
it, I even told him, like, honestly, if I were to say that joke, you probably would laugh a little. Or at least you would uh, get the gist and you would at least smirk even if you didn't think it was funny just for the simple fact it's probably corny as hell. But if I said, I was like, but if I said it and it didn't come from her, you probably laughed. Over. He's like, yes, you're absolutely right because it's your shtick. That would be something that fits your personality, what you would say. She's just saying a bland observation that doesn't really fit who she is as a person. And that got me to thinking, like, you know what? He's right. Two people can say, you can have me and one other person. You know what? Let's have me and Dave Chappelle say a joke on stage, right? Chances are whatever Dave Chappelle says, it's going to be so much more funny than me because he's actually good at it. But let's say we're talking about a specific joke. Let's say we're talking about the contradiction in the way uh, white people think compared to black people, right? Chances are he's going to have a better grasp and know the direction and understand the read the room and actually say a joke that's not only funny but resonates with people. Where me... I would probably not go that deep into it because my perspective of it may be different. But his joke may resonate, but we could say the same exact thing, but because of his delivery and the way he says it and who people know him to be, it's much more funnier because people know what he stands for. Two people can say the same message, but it doesn't resonate the same. And that's really when you think about what Tim Pool is complaining about. He's kind of projecting probably his lack of success in the area. And assuming the reason why he's not succeeding in something is because of things outside factors. It's because people don't view the world he does. Because people value things that don't matter to him. People value bullshit. People don't like... He's basically like, people don't like me... Because they're worried about things that don't matter. But it's kind of an elitist mentality. But whatever. There's a difference between standards and telling people how uh, they should, why they should like you. It's probably like, please like me. Oh my god. And it's really like, I mean, why would anyone like someone that's complaining about people not liking them? It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense now, does it? Not a very likable person, ironically. Um, but I think what... The thing about what Tim Pool that's kind of like just makes you roll your eyes at someone is that if you you can't be out here telling men telling anyone forget you know take the gender aspect it, the, it, at this point it has very little to do with men or women but when his audience they speaking to is why women suck and why men are so much um what's the what's the phrase i'm trying to use he's he's basically trying to project that women are more the problem than men when in reality there's really blame on both sides because in order for a woman to feel comfortable to do something to you chances are you probably let a portion of it happen to get to that point and if you let some happen and don't do anything about it at that point it's on you man um, but the issue is when you hear him from someone like Tim Pool, for example, who are you going to take ladies' advice from? A guy who looks like Tim Pool wears a winter hat indoors, wears a beanie 
everywhere he goes, uses beanie on camera and expect people to take interpersonal relationship advice. He's not talking about very specific statistics that have nothing to do with your appearance. He's not talking about uh, the way of thinking. He's not talking about political ideologies. He's not talking about left, right, uh, I was about to say Dominican. But if we, he's not talking about immigration policy versus non-immigration. He's not talking about ISIS versus Al-Qaeda. No, he's not talking about bulletin uh, facts mixed with observation and opinion. This dude, when you talk about interpersonal things... People have to look at you as a personal individual and be like, can I actually believe what this person's saying? And when I think about dating advice or figuring out what to do with ladies, I'm probably going to go somewhere more along the lines of a dude when I look at like this dude bags bitches, excuse my language, the ladies. I'm probably going to Arnold Schwarzenegger's prime. It's not just because... He's big as fuck, very attractive, movie star, accomplishments, all that shit. Not even because he was the governor of California. Not because of his accomplishments or his physical appearance, even though that does, when you look at him like, yeah, this dude probably knows a thing to do. This dude has probably um, fucked a nanny or two, quite literally. There's, it's a simple fact that his demeanor, his presence as an individual, the way he talks, his presentation of information for someone that's been there and done that, and not only has been there and done that, but could actually give you a real view that's believable. Hearing some person that's not in the circle, Temple's probably never like really been in an interest circle of actually being around females of any capacity. And I even, I did do this little piece of research. I looked up 10 pool public debates, right? And I think it is kind of a microcosm of how he kind of operates. He operates in a very secure environment in isolation, which basically means he never goes to public events to do debates, right? He is someone who is a political journalist or commentator, has very strong opinions about things, and he should because he's very knowledgeable. But how come he is not at these um, conventions where they have these arguments where even though Charlie Kirk and Candace Owens, uh, for the, especially Charlie Kirk, he just looks like a dude you want to punch in the fucking face. Um, more than a punchable face. Dude's like, you want to kick him? You want to kick him, stomp on him? American History X? He's the one that we wish we could curb stomp. Not what happened in the movie. Because that's a very Nazi racist movie. But if, Charlie, if it happened to Charlie Kirk, I'm all for it. Not literally, I'm joking. Even though curb stomping someone's mouth is not something to joke about. But, hey, look him up. You might think different. But, at least one thing you could always give credit is people that will directly in your face, regardless of how ignorant or how dumb they may be, they will be there directly in front of you. And they will yell in your face even if they don't listen to you while they're debating. People use debating tactics to just overpower you, overwhelm you, overwhelm you with words, overtalk you so you don't really get the counteractive points. They're trying to weaken your point more than actually making their point strong enough to where it stands on its own. That's typically what debate tactics are, but whatever. Um, but, for example, like the Candace Owens, even though 
I don't agree with a lot of shit she goes by and says, I can at least understand why her thought process got there, right? I can at least see how she got to a point. And she will be there front and center, spokesperson, stand by her point, debate you, even if she is wrong, even if she may not be correct, or at least the way I view things, right? Doesn't matter what I think. I'm just giving my opinion on this shit. But, like, show, like, Tim Pool and them, they'll go on podcast circles. One-on-one interviews podcast where it's, it's a very safe environment. It's very secluded. It's very, no one's here. It's just us. So you still feel that comfortability even if millions and millions of people watching, like if you're on the Joe Rogan experience, for example. Or, but... Is he going to actually go on a stage where there's 10,000 people in the stands, half of them are against you, half of them are not? And you have an actual uh, you have an actual vivid place that is disagreeing with your points and the other half agreeing, which is basically what a convention is when it comes to political analysis. When they bring all these political commentators, even though none of them have technically done anything in politics... Um, it's kind of weird how that shit happens. Um, it's funny how people with the loudest voices have never actually contributed to the thing they're talking about. Hence, Rachel Nichols. Uh, basically, someone who's made millions of dollars covering a predominantly black league, but has no credentials to actually cover a predominantly black league. Because it's not even that she's not black. It's the simple fact that she's never done anything that involves that sport at any past maybe the high school level was definitely not college her qualifications that she's a journalist who asked players after they lose 120 to 79 hey how did it feel really yeah four hours to think about a fucking question to ask someone and your big question that you get paid millions of dollars a year for is how did it feel so that's why when people talk about journalist school and all this shit it's like all right Whatever. That's discussion for another time. Whatever. White redheaded bimbo. Um, but yeah, back to um back to what I was talking about. Oh yeah. He has far as I'm aware, he's never actually gone on a stage and debated someone in person. It's always been in a private one on one environment. And people think that's not a big deal. It's like Okay, there's a difference how someone debates when there's pressure and when there's a stage because there's real ramifications and you could easily change your thoughts. You get caught up in how present are you in the moment. Are you so inclined to your thoughts that literally no environment will change that? Are you easily manipulated by your environment? Or are you someone that only works in very specific environments, meaning you're not really versatile in the way you speak, in the way you think, and you let things kind of dictate how you operate in certain environments to protect your ass type of thing, for lack of a better word. So I think that aspect is very important because he is a very big internet figure and a very big political commentator for journalists, for lack of a better word. 
his work is really good. And I actually agree with a lot of stuff he says in politics and shit like that. Even though I don't care for politics, but I run by it, listen to podcasts. He may be featuring it, and he knows his shit. That's not what this podcast or video is about today. But when the messenger is not believable to its consumer, it seems hacky. It seems very, um, it seems like someone, you could tell when someone hasn't, doesn't truly personally experience the thing that they're talking about. It's very apparent. Like, because I'll tell you what it probably came off as in the small interview I saw that wasn't the fresh bit, but a different one he did on the show a couple years ago. It's like a slightly older video. It was just really him bitching about why girls don't like him. Look, you should never come to me for any advice, anything in life. I can tell you a thing just as a human being. There's nothing attractive about someone that just bitches. There's a difference between being open and talking about your concerns or yourself. There's a way to do it. Than just complaining about why people don't like me. Why do girls not want to fuck me? Yeah, it's because you wear a beanie inside. I know I keep bringing that up. But it's probably a sign of insecurity. There's a lot of things you get deep into it. But it's a small thing. But it's probably kind of a thing that hmm, probably says a lot about you. And when people... When talk about initial interaction, that's something that even I've had to learn. I didn't realize how important first impressions were till a couple years ago. And again, I am not someone that takes first impressions too serious. I do think you can have a weird interaction first impression and then over time, like, ah, you know what? There's a lot of context of first impressions that matter. You also got to be careful when the first impressions are too good. Typically, those never end well. At all. Because um, first impressions, you got to be able to define how much of it is genuine and how much of it is they're actually trying to impress me, in a sense. Like, it's kind of like, I don't, I could tell when someone prepares too much to impress me, right? Like, I've been on some first dates in my life, just a few. Um, and to me, I never, uh, I never overly dress up, you know. I'll put on a nice polo knockoff that varies in how it fits, depending on the fluctuation of my weight at the time. But seriously, you know, I may wear like a polo, may wear some jeans, I may uh, comb my hair. But you know, what? I'm not. Look, we're eating at a Chili's. I'm not wearing a suit. If you're looking for me to wear a suit to overly impress you for no reason there's a time and place to wear that chilies i'm a try hard i'm sorry you wear a suit at chilies on the first date you could be like oh he's all buttoned up it's like dude um all it takes is a couple dips of the ranch off your chicken crispers and you ruin your plaid tie you paid 40 bucks just to go on this one date with a girl that eh, you met off tinder ironically anyways more of the story is Stop trying too hard. Not really. You know, put a little effort. But my experience on first dates is first impressions. You got to be very, very. The main thing is dress the way you would always dress. Because if I overdress on the first date, they're going to think I'm some guy that wears suit and ties 
They're always going to dress up. I'm always going to make sure everything's ironed out. I'm always going to have my hair done. I'm actually going to keep clean groomed all the time, shaving all the time. And you know what I'm not going to do after the first date? I'm not going to sit here and do any of that. So you're setting a false precedent. And the issue is, Tim, you wear a beanie. You probably go out on dates wearing a beanie. And they're going to think, wow, this guy wears a fucking beanie on a first date. What the hell's wrong with this guy? Maybe that's why, even if you have a great personality, sometimes all that shit can be overshadowed because of a distraction. Ironically, the distraction is the one on your head. Again, I'm not giving no advice. I am the least qualified to give advice. But this is just common sense, I would think. You got to be very, very careful with how you present yourself from the jump because I do believe how you meet someone does matter. It absolutely does. It's not everything over time. It's like, who cares that we met at your, you know, bachelor party when you were getting married to some other lady? Who cares? We're here now. That's all that matters. You know what? That stuff, fine. Maybe it doesn't, but it does a little. It sets the precedent of the tone you set from the beginning. And you as a man, if you want to set the tone, you have to set the tone. And you can do it without, and I I can only imagine that in the Fresh and Fit, he's sitting there saying, he's probably one of those dudes that tries to go out here and set all these demands that he wants out of a woman. But there's no reason why if a woman would look at him, be like, Oh, yes, let me submit to you, Beanie Man. It's like, yeah, probably not. You probably have a beanie hat collection with some hooks things on your front door. You know why? Because I used to have that. And you know what? It was a mixture of hats and beanies. You know what happens? At a certain age, you realize, hmm, there's a time and place to wear beanies. At the very least, you don't always have to not wear some. I wear hats 80 to 90% of the time just because it keeps my hair flat. Don't have to worry about it. It actually helps with the growth, hence growth in your hair, some I know you struggle with. Not making fun of you, but hey, if you're really insecure about your hair, one, you could probably afford hair plugs, hair insertion, if it bothers you that much, or you can simply use hair products like Keeps and shit like that, we're sponsored by Keeps today, and you could grow it back out. The point I'm trying to make of all this is that, Tim, you were not the man I'm going to go to, to each their own, but I'm pretty sure anyone watching, they're like, this is a guy telling us to keep our woman in check, Tim fucking Poole is the dude who's explaining to men why they need to keep their woman in check when you can't even get a woman to even check you out, you fucking bitch, wow, I just said that like a bitch, high voice, it's amazing when you have a high voice. Man, can't get in that opera. Except a phantom. Beanie, no beanie. Um, Look, and this isn't... I think... Look, I'm making a little light of the fact that it's Tim Pool. I really think he's a really good analyst, commentator, political commentator, journalist. You know, all that stuff and what he does. I truly do. Do I sit here and listen to his show or nothing? No, but clips come up on podcasts. I listen and watch. I'm aware of him. I respect him and what he does. But I think as an audience member, 
A lot of people, it may not, they may not even realize that how much the messenger actually matters. It does matter. If you're going to get advice from a dating coach, you're probably going to go somewhere more along the lines of Hitch. Like the movie Hitch. But, you know, if you need a career advice of how to make money, you know you're probably going to ask people that make money. If you were going to ask advice of what should I do to raise a kid, you know who you're probably going to ask? People that have raised kids and may be still raising kids. Hmm. You go to sources where it's believable. You're not going to come to me to ask you, hey, my kid is still shitting his pants at seven years old. What do I do? I'll be like, uh, calcium. Hardens the shit. Makes it harder to come out. Again, don't ask me. You're not going to ask me to how to fucking, you know, make sure your kid, you know, gets his zinc in. I'm not the guy for that. You got to be very, you got to go to sources where the messenger actually makes sense of the fucking message they're sending. They can know everything. It's like the dude that knows everything. But he does absolutely nothing in his personal life to apply that knowledge. It's the dude who knows all... It's, it's like the dude that takes one psychology class in college. And he's out here and he's identifying your behaviors like, ah, oh, because you have your right elbow and you're scratching your neck. That means you want to suck my dick, doesn't it? It's like, no. There's just a mosquito biting your fucking neck, dude. It's not that deep. And what makes you think scratching her fucking neck means, wow, I want his dick right up in this neck area. Pop a vessel in there, buddy. It's like, nah. It's the dudes that, it's, it's the people that try to up and down identify why they suck with things. And thinks it must be anyone but themselves. It's like, no. Sometimes you just aren't that well good at stuff. And that's okay. But just don't get in front of a camera like me right now. And telling people that it's something else, it's an external factor for why over 35 years you haven't figured out how to find quote-unquote equality mate for yourself. If you want to be that person and say, I just have high standards, that's why it's hard for me to find some. Fine, whatever helps you sleep at night. Maybe you do have high standards, maybe you've turned down hundreds of women that we don't know about. And maybe there's just girls crawling at your door, banging on it, like Ebenezer Scrooge trying to get out of his nightmare. Maybe so. But I don't believe it. Nor do you have to convince me. But you don't have to convince me. Because I hear, because I heard it in your one interview. Just bitching about things. But, where was I going with this? Oh, the ladies! Oh, man. But, look. From one beanie brother to another, you know, just, it's okay. It's okay. You just have to learn to take the beanie off. No cap. And you just have to understand that maybe it starts here. It's all in your head or on your head. If you want some, it's really simple. Don't critique the opposition of what you're trying to get, my friend. Don't do it. And 
Because you're not even doing it in a flirty, flirtatious way. You're not even bringing someone down to boost your own self-esteem because you lack it. You're literally trying to make another person's fall or a whole group or a whole gender fall for why you get no none of theirs. Look, find you a girl named Megan. See if she's good. Megan good. Ha ha. You know, I doubt you'll ever get anyone close to Megan good. Because, uh, one, she's married. And happily married, it looks like, to a Christian man. And I don't know your ideology and religion, but I have a feeling you look atheist. All atheists wear a fucking beanie. Especially indoors. You're uh, God's third cousin. Which, by default, you're like... Satan's uh, illiterate, unfuckable uncle. I think that's how the family tree goes. But um, look, on a serious note for everyone, the mess- to anything in life, I'm just poking fun, ain't that serious. But when you get a message from a specific individual, just ask yourself one question. Do you think the message they're giving out Do you really think they could even apply that logic to their life and actually benefit from the message? Or are they just going to be one of those people that say, Oh, the reason why I don't get none is because of this. It's like, okay. Because, you know, there's a lot of other dudes that actually believe the same thing you do. That it's uh, very hard to come by. Um, The preference of what we would want in a long-term partner may not be realistic in today's times. It's just a numbers game, and a lot, a lot of girls and a lot of guys don't go by that no more. But, you know, somehow, we still find a way to get what we need for the time being. Just because you haven't found a way to get what you probably need in the time being, don't put the blame on everyone else. That's all I got to say. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed episode 29 of the Off and Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Clint. And remember, guys, wear a beanie when you're sucking some titties. You know, now I think about it. I wonder if there are girls that have beanie fetishes. Because I got a couple. I mean, hey, that'd be weird. Like, you're completely naked, but you keep a beanie on. You know, just for maximum coverage. I don't know if you're eating a girl out and then what if what if your beanie actually comes down to your nose and then next thing you know you're scratching it and it's like you know the fabric is probably not conducive to genitalia i would only assume i don't know i've never put a beanie around my penis but i wonder oh i wonder all right guys remember to suck some titties and uh Like and subscribe to the tube, the IG, you know, you know the fucking spill. All right, guys, have a great day.